101. From Boston, Massachusetts to Adelaide, Australia, and everywhere in between, talking local and national sports and just about anything discussed in the tavern. Broadcasting from South Lyon, Michigan. Welcome to Easy Speak at Speakeasy 330 with your hosts, Rich and Tom. Good evening. Welcome to the Easy Speak podcast on a special Saturday night edition. Due to some scheduling conflicts, we had to do it tonight instead of tomorrow night. But nonetheless, we're here tonight and excited about the show. We're going to talk about the Big Ten schedule drop uh, for 2024 and 2025 with the addition of USC and UCLA coming into the fold. So we'll hit on Michigan schedule. We're going to hit on Michigan State, and we have a special guest today that's going to talk about the Ohio State Buckeyes. I know, guys. I'm sorry, but we have to try and stay non-biased, but uh, we'll hit on that. And um, big news out of the golfing world, uh, Liv, PGA, and the DP world kind of forming one uh, big umbrella. Uh, hasn't happened yet. Uh, nothing's finalized. So, we're going to kind of tackle this a different way tonight. We're going to tackle this as a non-big golf fan. So none of us are really big-time golf fans. So we're kind of on the outside looking in. So we're going to talk about it on in, in as regards as that is concerned. Uh, another one we're going to hit on that we're not really big fans of and shocking we're going to hit soccer, folks. You know it's coming full circle when we're talking soccer. But big-time news, Lionel Messi is going to, play for inner Miami of the MLS. So we're going to talk about what that really means for the MLS and uh, moving forward. Is it going to really bring a lot of positive energy to that league? And then later on in the show, we're going to continue on our misunderstood series, uh, focusing on men's mental health and just issues that we are faced with every day. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about some of the struggles that that we have as men being parents and step parents. So, um, you know, you don't want to miss that. It's going to be really cool. So we're all going to, going to talk on that. Um, but without further ado, we're going to bring in the co-hosts here. Uh, didn't think he was going to make it. He's a little under the weather, but we're glad he's here. Mr. Rich Jasper. What's up, my friend. Hey, Tom, how you doing? Uh, besides the fact, I feel like shit today. Um, yeah, I sent you guys a text about an hour ago saying I don't think I'm going to do it, and then I was sitting here and I wrote a bunch of notes down for the for today, some talking points on what we have, and I was like, I did all that work, I might as well just suck it up. Yeah, I mean it's it's the weather, it's the season. Christina's dealing with it right now too. It sucks, but we're glad. It's, I think it's the Canadian wildfires, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, you know what? It, it, the air quality's been really bad, so that that would make a lot of sense. Uh, you, yeah. you, you don't really realize until you like look down the street and you really can see the haze. But uh, <laughs> well, I'll tell you right. I'll tell you right now. Like normally, when I drive to work in the morning, I you know I take Ford Road down, you know, going east, and you can see the skyline of Detroit. You couldn't even see it the other day; it yeah. was all hazed out. So yeah, it's wild. <laughs> Pardon the pun; it's wild. But uh, hopefully, yeah. that starts to uh, dissipate a little bit. I'm surprised my, my it hasn't affected my asthma, but I rarely ever leave the house, so that's a whole nother story. But uh, okay. Okay. I think we know by now what that means. What does that sound mean? Somebody's got internet. 
Mr. JP. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got internet. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, Pornhub subscription kind of blew my server last week, so I apologize <laughs> to everybody. You had to clear your cookies and cache to, to, yeah. to get on tonight? <laughs> yeah, literally. Well, we're, we're, we're glad you're, you're, you're coming from uh, the good internet. We, we can hear you loud and clear. Uh, I do want to introduce our special guest tonight really quick. He is, uh, we consider him uh, the Easy Speak super fan. Uh, he's been very loyal. Uh, he's just, he's followed us and he's, he's had a lot of good words. And so we have invited him into the speakeasy tonight to talk some college football. Mr. Tim. How are we doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Glad, uh, glad Good. you're part of it. Um, so, uh, what do you think about the speakeasy? This is your first time in, in here. It's, it needs some Ohio State decorations, but it's very beautiful. <laughs> ah. <laughs> well, you uh, look better. You look a lot better in blue and gold. That's coming from a hetero straight man. Got well, the, I got the flag. Right yeah, I was just going to say <laughs> over his uh, left shoulder is the proper proper uh, uh, letter. Tom, Tom, maybe you can put that flag behind that Notre Dame flag. <laughs> well you guys know you guys know what my my motto is you know they, that's a lie you buy it i fly it, it but there's one exception but we're not going down that road ah. <laughs> we're not going down that road we're not that type of show you don't you, don't you, know that. you already yeah. know that so yeah. without any further ado let's get right to the meat and potatoes here the big 10 released their schedule including the UCLA Bruins and USC Trojans joining the fray next year. This is pretty big. This is really big for the Big Ten. This take makes them pretty much 1A next to the SEC, in my opinion. Uh, I can see it to where they're going to be just as good as the SEC within the next five years because I think there will be more teams jumping into the mix obviously we're not going to see that within the next two or three being the schedules have already been released uh but jp we'll start with you you saw the schedule release you saw the fact that there's no more division starting in 2024 what was your initial thought when you when you were read that well uh i think it's a good thing uh you're getting rid of the divisions Obviously, your conference championship is going to be decided by the two best teams in the conference. So I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it, clearly the last, gosh, what, five, six years? The yeah. best teams have been in the East and the West kind of lumped into the into the Big Ten championship. And it just doesn't make for doesn't make for a, a, a good competitive. And, and, you know, Big Ten is always getting criticized enough about, you know, where we think they should be compared to other conferences. So when you have a championship game that just doesn't, doesn't add up, it, it, it's tough. Rich, we'll, I'll talk to you, uh, ask you the same question with, with the fact that there's no more conferences. Do you think that levels the playing field? And, and so we're going to guarantee to get a true champion. Well, and here's, I mean, I, I agree. You get, you'll get the best of the best in the, you know, in the Big Ten championship game. Here's, here's the only thing that I personally think that they should maybe have held off maybe a couple of years, maybe to um, allow the USC, UCLA, 
uh, you know, go ahead and take the West, right? And then and play that matchup, right? Play that East Coast, West Coast matchup uh, for a Big Ten championship. Um, but regardless, you do want the two best teams representing uh, for that, whether they're both out of the West, whether they're both out of the East, however it may be. Um, I think maybe the I, – I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think uh, UCLA is going to – probably far seed expectations when it comes to um, uh, to where they're going to see that once it all shakes out in the first couple of years. You, you said UCLA or USC? Uh, USC, USC. Oh, USC, yeah. USC. I mean, yeah. yeah. They're, they're coming in. That's, that's the only team I worry about out of the West now. It, I mean, out of that is, I mean, yeah, Ohio State. I know Tim's probably sitting there doing twirlies in his chair probably i can't believe he's hosing on him but you know if they would have left yeah and clutch his pearls you know but if they would have left it you know you know divisions east and west at least for a couple you know maybe the first two or three seasons or whatever i think that would really gain some traction of maybe attracting some other teams yeah to join the big ten because like okay well geographically speaking we're we're more of a west team so we so and then you see some of those teams playing on the big stage on you know yeah. on you know Monday night or Saturday after Sunday at eight o'clock p.m. in Indy and you know I think um, you know I think they should have held off on that but it, it ain't my division but I, I I see where they're coming from I I personally think they were trying to get ahead of the SEC because there there had been talks of the SEC dumping conferences. So I, I think the Big Ten was like, all right, we want to kind of set the model. And and Tim, I'll go to you with this question here. Do you see other major conferences, a la the SEC, uh, ACC, if they exist within the next five years, do you think that they'll kind of adopt the same model? I, uh, I really don't think they're going to. I don't necessarily think it's a good idea of getting rid of uh, divisions of the way they are because with rivalries like Ohio State Michigan you're going to get a lot of back-to-back games would you guys really want to go play Ohio State in Indianapolis after you guys planted the flag in the horseshoe last year uh, yeah because we'll play because we'll yeah, play in yeah. Indianapolis too yeah <laughs> well I well if you look at that schedule it seems like it, it might not be the last game of the season but irregardless yeah. I personally I I would have had no problem with it because the best two teams in the Big Ten were Michigan in Ohio State. I'm just not a fan of the back-to-back things. Like, if they move the yeah. game into the middle of the season, then maybe it's a little better. But playing back-to-back weeks is going to take away from the rivalry a little bit, I think. Yeah, that, that could be the case. Because the first game will mean nothing knowing you're going to play the second week for the championship. If Yeah, if they're coming in, both coming in like they did last yeah, year, yeah. that that would definitely be the case. Um, I, I guess looking at... The fact that UCLA, USC, West Coast teams coming all the way across country for the most part, they're going to be playing a lot of games, uh, 9 a.m., 11, or 8 a.m. local kickoff for their fans. Is this going to really make it more apt for these teams to travel, more of their fans to travel with their teams? Do you think there'll be more stadiums filled with, say, USC fans, J.P.? No, I don't. I don't really see it being a that big of a difference. Uh, I know that they've mentioned. I think. I think that for the guys, maybe, but all in all, I think these schools are looking for more revenue and more TV exposure. 
because as it sits right now, we don't watch a lot of West Coast games. So, I, yeah, I think physically, you know, with the time zones and everything else for the players, it may be something to get a hurdle, but they're going to do it anyway. Yeah, that that is tough. Like, if you want to see the primetime game right now, the, the Pac-12 at night, I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a 10, 1030 kickoff locally, and, and not a lot of people. By the time... By the time you get to Pac-12 after dark, I mean, you're yeah, done for the day. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you've already watched two or three games. It's over. <laughs> you've, already, you've, already, you've already had your beers and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, you're coming yeah, down yeah, for like good. the third time. Um, yeah. So, Rich, two years, UCLA, USC going to be in the Big Ten. The rumor has always been they want it to grow even further. Do you think with an exposure that that – I think these two teams are going to get by playing in the Big Ten for that very reason, because they won't be on so late. Do you think more Pac-12 teams are going to want to reach out to the Big Ten and say, hey, you know, I think we want to be a part of it? I I don't know if they're going to necessarily reach out. Everybody's going to reach out to the Big Ten, per se. But I think that they're going to, you know, I, you know they've, they've forged relationships and in bonds, you know, those, those athletic directors in the conferences, I'm sure, you know, there'll be some chatter about, Hey, look, you know, our revenue stream has gone up, you know, 75% just by making this move. Yeah. As an inconvenience for our fans for a couple of games out of the year to where, you know, we're our kickoff is 9am locally. Um, which I don't think that's going to be a big deal dollars and cents wise. You might see a lot more teams reaching out, not only to the Big Ten, but you might see them, you know, reaching out maybe to the Big Twelve, or uh, you'll see maybe, maybe some to the Mountain, you know, Mountain West or something like that. May, they, or they might merge a couple of them together and, uh, you know, form a, a bigger uh, division on its own out there. So, let's say the Big Ten says, okay, we're going to add two teams. Where do you think, Rich? What two teams fits the mold of the Big Ten, or? What two teams would you really like to see join join the conference? Um, if I had to, if I had my choice and it was a slam dunk, and they were going to say yes, irregardless, I would say Oregon and Utah. I would probably take those two. Yeah, that having Oregon would would be really good in the Big Ten with their their uh, sponsorship with Nike. Um, Tim, what two teams would you? say either fit the mold or you would like to see join the conference i'm going to copycat rich on the oregon but i think they're going to bring in washington as well and have that northwest rivalry with washington and oregon still yeah that yeah because they're they're doing a really good job of of keeping the the rivalries intact so that that definitely would make make a lot of sense in that play jp um what do you think well, I think uh, with the new format, uh, somebody's going to force Notre Dame's hand. And geographically, it makes sense to add Notre Dame to the Big Ten. And uh, I, I I, do like the Oregon. Uh, I mean, if we're going to go out there, maybe grab another independent BYU. That'd be another – that'd be a good addition. Yeah, those uh, those uh, um, Mormons – Boy, Rich, you 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 got your finger up. You're uh you're uh you want to chime in? Yeah. So you you mentioned Notre Dame this past week. Notre Dame announced a new athletic director who happened to be some guy that was a part of NBC, 
And he said that he really likes how Notre Dame is independent and he's going to keep them that way. So big mistake. But <clears throat> exactly. I think I think they're losing I out on it's going to be possible. In yeah, five I years, mean, in five years, my my theory is there's going to be two super conferences, Big Ten, SEC. And if you want to play for a national championship, I really feel like it's going to come out of those two conferences. Yeah, so, I, I think they're going to force his hand into it. I yeah. mean, he's come out and said that he likes he likes the the direction of Notre Dame being an independent you know team and everything like that. Uh, you know, n- no conference affiliation. But I think in the long run. I think if he holds ground to that, I think Notre Dame is really going to really fall behind the eight ball when it comes to that, because there's going to be teams that are maybe um, not, I mean, not as good as Notre Dame. Yeah. Leapfrog them up. And then that way, and then by the time those teams get there, Notre Dame's going to be standing there like Oliver with his, with his bowl asking for, for more porridge. And they're going to (laughs) say, yeah, Yeah. we're we're out. We're we're out. And so are you. So the thing that that's my analogy for today. Oh, there you go. And and if anyone's been following the show and our reels, Rich is uh, filled with analogies. And, and I think we need to get a, a book of rich analogies. Uh, look for yeah. it on your at your local uh, grocer's magazine, whatever. Um, my what intrigues me with Notre Dame is the fact that the Big Ten went out and got a contract with Peacock. That tells me that you could be right rich you're going to force their hands i think the big 10 was like listen we're creeping into your territory whether you like it or not we're kind of going to force you to join us or you're going to be left in the dust so i do think there is some validity to that since the big 10 part of their massive tv deal was peacock so um but yeah i would i as much as i'm not a fan of Notre dame geographically it makes sense um, they definitely fit the mold of a Big Ten team. Uh, if not Oregon, I, I also look look at a school like Pitt um, or North Carolina. They kind of fit that mold, um, pocket presence, quarterback, uh, heavy run. So even though Pat Narduzzi is a total bonehead for going after uh, <laughs> prime time, um, I, I think it, it makes sense to bring maybe a Pitt into the fold. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, nothing's going to happen until – after the 2025 season, which kind of surprises me. I thought for sure there would be, there would be a little bit more um, activity before that, but that's not the case. So we're going to kind of start this, this schedule and we're, we'll start with uh, our boys in blue. They've got uh, quite a schedule. Uh, I think the guy that's sitting across the table from yeah. me, uh, uh, predicted that the Texas game wouldn't happen. Somebody was going to buy their way out of it, but uh, I, I disagree with him. I think this is a, this is a, a game that's going to be a ratings juggernaut. It'll be an ABC on ESPN or no, it won't be on ESPN. It'll be a primetime game on CBS. No question about it. So, um, and uh, I, on our Facebook feed, we posted this, this schedule here. And one of the things I uh, big games I highlighted were Texas um, and uh, home games, UCLA and Wisconsin. And we got a comment that said, uh, I love how you didn't think Michigan State was a big game. Well, I mean, is it really? <laughs> JP, what do you think about this schedule? Uh, clearly, we're not going to have JJ McCarthy. The, the concession is we're not going to have JJ McCarthy. 
Uh, maybe we're going to have orgies in the end zone. Maybe Are we're we? going to have the new kid coming in. But do you see this schedule as something that, uh, yeah, that is, is this schedule look like uh, a tall task for Michigan? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, either way it goes, you're probably looking at either Quinn Ewers or Arch Manning coming into town, which will be a hot ticket. Uh, UCLA, you go down the line, I think a lot of people are kind of disrespecting UCLA with uh, Chip Kelly and our boy Dante Moore from Detroit there. So that's going to be a big game, especially He's after Moore has his second year in there. And USC on the road, uh, you'll be able – obviously we'll be able to re- see how uh, – Lane Kiffin's able to retool after Caleb Williams leaves. We're not even going to talk about that team in Columbus because nobody cares. But, uh, yeah, we're so we're actually set up with a home and away with Texas. We, we go to Austin in 27. And then uh, what a lot of people are – I think we're going to get to the 2025 schedule, so I'll, I'll save that. We're not going to do that tonight. We're just hitting on 24. Okay, okay. so, yeah, so uh, – yeah, a lot of people aren't even talking about it. We have a home and away with Oklahoma coming up in 2025. We go to Norman, and then they come to Ann Arbor in 26. So all the talks of uh, our cupcake non-conference schedule is about to go away here in a second. Yeah, their uh, their schedule this year is is uh, it's it's about as easy as it was last year, uh, with the yeah. exception of maybe one game. But um, yeah, they, I mean Michigan's always been known. Maybe exception of a of you know a few yeah. years prior, they had a really tough non-schedule and, and they they always you know took the tough games. So it is shocking to see when they they don't really play anybody worthy. And I and I, I don't know if that sets them up well going into the Big Ten season. Rich, at you see that schedule, I'll put it back up on the screen. Do you see a situation where Michigan really struggles being coming in big 10 back-to-back big 10 championships don't really know what's going to happen this year everything's kind of lining up uh, for for that to maybe be the case sorry tim um but this is going to be kind of a clean slate for this michigan team going into this schedule that's pretty huge what do you think about it uh i think the I think the Texas game that's going to be a, it's going to definitely be a fun one kind of like what JP said it's going to be tailgate. a fun one that'll be a tailgater um I mean for the home I mean Michigan Michigan State even though they're really not we'll just say they're not haven't been much of anything but then again it seems like every year you're always you know as JP will say clutching your pearls during that game sometimes uh-huh. Um, you know, the road games, I mean, Ohio state still scares me, Ohio state on the road. I mean, that still scares me and, and and USC, USC will scare me on the road as well. So, I mean, uh, you know, just because it's, it's new, it's going to be exciting, right. It's going to be on the road. Um, it'll definitely be interesting. Talk about what about Wisconsin? You know, how fast is Luke fickle going to have them turned around? I know with a uh, transfer with Mordecai this year from uh, SMU, they might they might put up some points this year. Well, look what he did in Cincinnati. He made them relevant within two seasons, and you know, I, yeah. it's kind of a, a, a unfortunate for that school that he he got them right here, and then oh, I'm out, bye. So, uh, good point. You know, well, this he's, is, he's this not is, the first coach that has done that to Cincinnati either. So, no, no. Um, Chip Kelly, or not Chip Kelly, uh, Brian Brian Kelly. Kelly. Yeah, Brian Kelly. Fake, 
Fake, fake ass Louisiana accent, Brian right, Kelly. I, I got the Cajun. Me and my family. Me and my family. Okay, Forrest. I was like, I was because I didn't know Forrest Gump was there. Uh, but, but yeah, you're right, JP. Pickle is a he's a defensive minded coach, and and what does Wisconsin kind of sell themselves as is a you know linebacker you. So I think that's a good that's fit. Interesting. It's a good point. I I, I think there's. Go ahead. He's opening up that offense. It's that's uh since I've been old enough to remember college football, it was Ron Dane and Monty Ball and mm-hmm. you know, pound the ball, pound the rock, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. And it's gonna yeah. be cra- crazy crazy to see yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. It'd be weird to yeah. see Wisconsin open it up. Yeah, it will be. And I I, I think they're they're gonna be competitive. The Big Ten's better when they are. So as much as yeah. uh you and I are not friends of that town, uh we'll just leave it at that. Uh <laughs> Yeah. Moving on to our, uh, I'm not even going to say little brother. I'm not even going to say that. Um, we're just still waiting on, uh, we're, we're still waiting on, uh, their head coach to, uh, come, but we won't, uh, do not come. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Maybe he comes this year. Well, maybe he comes in 24. I don't know because he's losing recruits. Players are, are, are transferring out and, and, you know, shame on me. I, I apologize to the Spartan fans we have out there. Um, you know, Michigan went through a rough patch and it, and it sucks. So you're experiencing yeah. that right now. I don't wish that on my worst enemy. And if, if I was on screen right now, you would see that I, uh, I, I got my fingers crossed. So rich, this schedule, Look how bad that home schedule is. Could you imagine being season take a holder for that? <laughs> yeah, this this schedule looks pretty daunting. Uh, the, the road schedule looks pretty daunting too. I guess we'll we'll keep it simple. Where do you see a win on this schedule? Just seeing the direction where they're going with recruiting, with 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 people uh, hitting the transfer portal. Do you see hope uh, with Mel Tucker and the Michigan State Spartans? You could take that schedule, Tom, because I can just go ahead and tell you they might win one game. It'd be their first game. That's about it, wow. <laughs> dude. Dude, dude. They, I mean, unless unless he manages, unless his his players are dogs on the field, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he's losing. Uh, it's like he's got a hole in his pocket and money's falling out of it. You want to talk about a fleece job? That guy absolutely fleeced Michigan State. <laughs> out of, and then here's the thing: is Michigan State don't have the money to get rid of them, so they're no. stuck with them. Yeah. And now they Unless, just lost their number one uh, fundraiser. He decided to uh, put all his eggs in his basketball team, which he's destroying. Who? Um, Ishbia, did yeah. he say he's not going to help him out? He said he's no yeah. longer um, going to be contributing. He he pulled his name out. So. Smart, he's, smart man. That's probably the best business decision he's made. Well, he's got to, he's got to, you know, pay the rent, and he's got to pony up enough money to bring Booker back. But that's a whole another episode. But, but I mean, they, I mean, yeah. they, 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 I mean, he absolutely fleeced them. And you know what? He's left every other school he's been at, but he's not going to leave this one because he knows it's the gravy train of cash that's coming in. Yeah. And, and then once he's done with this, yeah. you'll probably never hear about him again. Yeah. There's no. You know, question I'm not. I'm not a Spartan fan, man, but we gotta give we gotta give Tuck at least year four and five, man, before we start talking like this. <laughs> no, no, yeah. No. Yeah. Oh no, it oh, took no. hard. It took 
it took Harbaugh all the five years to get it going. Well, I mean, you you look at the road he's on right now. It it's, doesn't look very promising. It, the fact that he's losing far, recruits, his top three players hit the portal, and and as and, far as the mo- the money goes that they're paying him, I mean, I think they kind of had to. If you look at look at like what the Pistons did with Monty Williams, making him yeah. the highest paid coach in the league. What did you I call think it's out? The Detroit tax? The, would you call it the tax. Detroit tax? I like that. So I think they had to lay the Spartan tax on him. If they weren't going to pay him that kind of money, I think he's with the SEC ties. I think LSU or somebody was coming for him. Yeah. Well, he they was. They probably should have came and took him. <laughs> Tuck going. Yeah, well, I think there's a uh, lot of uh, Spartan fans that wish he was going. Um, yeah. Uh, what kind of uh, detour from the 24 season? Look to this season with you, Tim. Um, Michigan State coming into the toilet. I mean, the horseshoe. Um, this 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 year, primetime game. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, don't waste your money going for uh, your bloodbath. Oh, you took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, that, yeah. you got to feel bad for those kids. But then again, I mean, there's a there's a famous there's a famous picture of some crying Buckeyes on a, a game when Michigan State went down and stunned them. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to talk about 2015. Yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah. who knows? You never know in college basketball or college football, but yeah, you don't you don't like their chances. But um, I'll stay with you, Tim. Um, looking at that Michigan State schedule, what's the over-under, what, four on wins, would you say? I'd say about four and a half. I'd give them four wins. That's it's a pathetic schedule. And if they can't get four wins out, you got to look at getting them rid of them out of the Big Ten almost. You guys got to remember you're projecting two seasons away right now. Yeah, yeah that's true. I mean, new recruits, new players. I mean, in the, it, seeing, and that's kind of why I didn't really want to hit on 25 at the moment because you have recruiting classes that we know right. is coming in in 24. You see what's happening in East Lansing, you see what's happening in in Ann Arbor and in Columbus. So you, you kind of get an idea what we think right now might happen, but it's just speculation at this point. But I mean, yeah. with the NIL, it's hard to even project next season, let alone two or three seasons. Yeah, so. that's a good point. That's, that, good point. That, that's a really good point. Uh, the death blow to college. So are we, are we, getting, are we preparing our trips to Southern California next year or what? That's what oh, I want well, to know. We're already coordinating with, uh, uh, our, friend, our friend Jen, I uh, said, looks like we're going to uh, Southern Cal next year, and she's like, "Let's do it." Uh, oh. Worst worst person to to, to give uh, an idea to because she does it. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she bought, that should she bought, be all booked up before, and then you should be like, "All right, you guys," and you're like, "I'm not going." <laughs> we'll find a way. We will find a way. Uh, all right, Tim, I'm gonna come right back to you here. Um, yeah. This is your 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 boys in scarlet and gray. Uh you're gonna get Michigan at home this year. Um, wow. you're also gonna That's get I'm I'm this, sorry, this, this year this year meaning in 2024. 2024. <laughs> um yep. the, the home f- schedule looks um I don't know what happened with my uh gra- <laughs> <laughs> my my graphics uh, scrunched together, but uh yeah, I mean the, the home schedule looks the only game on there that worries me is the Michigan game. But every year, Ohio State's known for laying an egg against somebody out of the Big Ten West that won't be the Big Ten West no more. But like Illinois, Iowa, 
someone like that always gives Ohio State a run for their money. Ladies and gentlemen, we just had a Buckeye admit that he's worried about Michigan <laughs> coming into Columbus. Oh, wow. That is breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Holy mackerel. After the past two years, I can't say nothing. Look, I was telling you the other day, Tom, if we lose this year, Ryan Day's got to go. Oh, he, well, you know, I mean, he's going to he's gonna look like Steve Bartman getting out of Wrigley Field. Uh, they're going to have to have a security detail on him. Um, Gene Smith actually said that. I think he doesn't consider the Michigan game a rivalry no more. He's more worried about winning championships. Oh, it's wow. just one game. Uh, that's that Ohio State it's arrogance. Oh, geez, oh, Pete's. <laughs> I think uh, you boys you boys are sleeping on UCLA a little bit too hard. Well, you know, I agree with you. And and they're on the road schedule. That road schedule looks, looks you know, pretty daunting. I'll put it up again. You, you got Penn State, which I think people are sleeping on Penn State. Not a big fan of Franklin. He kind of no, he gets them there time. and then peters out. Uh, I think so Penn State's getting all the fanfare, actually. Well, I have a reason to go to the Rose Bowl to watch the UCLA game at least. That's yeah, a good yeah, idea. yeah. That's uh, that'll be a good one. So I guess realistically, uh, the the biggest matchup in that on that schedule for Ohio State is Michigan and and. UCLA they you know look at what they did to Utah in that stadium so that'll be something to look forward to do you see yourself maybe uh getting to any games on, on the schedule or or I always go on to Columbus at least once a year maybe twice I try to go to the Michigan game every year when it's in Ann Arbor but like I said going out to the Rose Bowl for the UCLA game it'd probably be cheaper than actually going to the Rose Bowl oh. so to speak yeah yeah so I guess really quick I I meant to ask you your your fandom with Ohio State where did it begin uh, just in middle school, you can never make money if everybody likes the same team. So, you know, hockey, I had to go to Colorado. Football, I had to go to the Buckeyes. Yeah, he's a, so a bit of a, a fair weather fan. Got <laughs> dropped on my head as a kid. I, so I got, a, I got a question for you, Tim. All right. So with the departure of C.J. Stroud this year, what's the quarterback situation in Columbus looking like? Uh, Devin Brown had surgery, so Kyle McCord's probably going to get it regardless because of the thumb surgery Brown had. A lot of people don't know, but Corden Harrison Jr. played high school ball together. So mm. hopefully that chemistry kind of picks right back up. But, I mean, we got a okay. new quarterback. So it's always up in the air with that. Yep. Well, I mean, Ohio State has a track record of just plug and play. So, But I think the, the difference coming into this year, and um, I think your daughter's saying hello. <laughs> Hi, um, Lindsay. Uh, I think the difference going into this year is the fact that we haven't seen McCord a whole lot. So I, I don't think a lot of, lot of uh, fans will say know what to expect. So two years ago, I went to the Akron game. It was a night game, and Stroud got hurt, and so McCord ended up playing. And he, I mean, it was his freshman year, but he didn't look very good. Well, yeah. I mean, when you're – I was a freshman, you know, third game in. But well, I, was expecting, I was expecting you to say against Akron he lit it up or something. So no, no, it was good. a bad game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they won by 50. They expect to win by more against Akron. 50 is not enough. <laughs> well, you know, in-state rivalry and all, so you never know. <laughs> but uh, do you – give me a prediction. Uh, Over-under wins, uh, would you say 10 is, is a good number for that? I'd set it at 11 and a half. It's just the, the Michigan game you got to worry about. Do you see them winning that game? Okay. That's – uh. That's bold. Wow. That's a bold move, Cotton. 
<laughs> Mr. Yeah. Tim is uh, high on his Buckeyes. Uh, no question yeah, about it. Uh, now, I, now I would take the under because of the Michigan game. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, he's giving us a win now. Yeah, that's uh, that might be something we could uh, pony up a, a beer or two for, you know, because we don't. Tim, condone- have, have you ever went to Indianapolis, Tim? Actually, I was down there the year Michigan played in '21, but I was in the hospital at the time, so I didn't get to go to the game. Ah, that's a good experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you did go. You did go. You had a good time, and you know it was a yeah. close game for two quarters and then you know michigan the rest is history so i think we're going to yeah. get a little bit more uh talk when it comes down the line we'll hit on the 25 season i, I don't know if we'll do that necessarily uh, anytime soon maybe midway towards the end of the season kind of get an idea where michigan state and um, ohio state will be with that so gonna be fun i'm really looking forward to seeing um UCLA, USC coming in, and and don't forget, UCLA coming into the Big Ten basketball schedule is pretty huge too. So, I think people kind of forget about that. They're they're a juggernaut in in, in college basketball, so that legitimizes that conference for sure. So, plus uh, Bronny James going to USC. Yeah, and um, well, I'm, I'm glad he didn't choose Ohio State. I'm so glad he left for USC. <laughs> Will he yeah. play? Will will he be part of that? Uh, I, I don't think so. I think he's a one and done. I well, because of his name, he'll be a one and done. So I don't think we'll see him um, on the schedule coming through in 2024. But who knows? Uh, he wanted to blaze his own path, and I give him credit for that. He didn't want to do you know what everyone else thought he was going to do. So we'll see. I. Personally, I think his name is going to get him drafted. I don't know if he's got the skill ability, but we'll get into that as, as the season gets closer. So moving on to a, a topic that I don't think many of our uh, viewers or listeners would have thought we would ever get into, golf. But we are because it's huge news coming out of the PGA, the Live Tour merger. Don't call it a merger. Not really sure what's happening at this point. But we do know that they're joining teams along with the DP World, which is the European European um, golf tour. They're all going to join hands. Not sure when that's going to happen. Nothing's signed on the, the dotted line. Um, but uh, JP, uh, again, like I referenced earlier, we're not big golf fans. We'll watch it. We'll play because, you know what, the cart girls are cute and I like to drink beer. And we'll get one of our 126 shots. We'll be good, and it'll feel good. So we like to golf. Um, what was your initial reaction to this news, looking at it as a non-fan? Uh, I mean, looking at it as a non-fan, the only reaction there is to it is anything can be bought, right? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much all I got on it. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> well, I mean, knowing the history, knowing the 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 what little history there is between right the the two uh, leagues, we'll say uh, the players that jumped with Liv, the players that stayed with PGA, that kind of you know yeah. h- had some choice words, a la Roy <laughs> McIlroy. Um, now they're going to be kind of joined together. Uh, that's 
that's bigger than golf, in my opinion. I think that's uh, that that brings kind of a uh, like a fighting tactic. So these guys are going to have to play together. We're going to assume. So it's going to make for interesting TV. Yeah, I would say so. Rich, I know you probably are kind of on the same page as JP. What were your thoughts? <clears throat> I eventually you're going to see a lot of sports do exactly what kind of like if you look at like what they're doing with the conferences and, and football, right. Or they're merging or they're adding, they're adding or whatever. So it's not a surprise that this happened. It was just a, only a matter of when it was going to happen. I didn't yeah. think it was going to happen this soon. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Some of the big names, you know, like your DJs and stuff like that made tons of money you know, going to the live, leaving the PGA. And you've got some guys who stayed with the PGA just because of the fact that of the history behind the PGA. Right. Yeah. Um, he, he brought up Roy McElroy. He was one of the ones. And I mean, he was, uh, uh, he was quoted as saying, you know, uh, after the, uh, the announcement of the merger, he's like, I still hate to live, mm-hmm. but I'm going to have to do what I got to do. Right? Um, right. Then he also said you know the guy uh live says pretty much we don't want uh him. pretty much said yeah we don't we, we don't want you and so you know mcelroy comes out how do i feel because i spoke how i felt yeah about the entire situation he feels like he's going to be the sacrificial lamb it, it, which, exactly. which very well it, it could happen but he was quoted as saying this morning that he was uh uh he, the uh the live uh, guy uh, what the hell is his name off the top of my head I'd tell you how much I know about that, but you know, he went on to saying that he was a very impressive, he was very impressive or very impressed with him. Yeah. So it was like, is he trying to save face maybe to still be able to stick around, collect yeah. a paycheck and coach uh, everything like that, you know, but the thing is, is, you know, it was going to happen. It's just a matter of time. It was going to happen. Do I think it's going to benefit the game? I think in the long run, it will maybe three, five, 10 years down the road. Yeah. It could definitely um, you know, make a difference with the game, but you know, it's only time will tell. Right. Right. And all I know is Saudi's got a shit ton of money (laughs) and they're not afraid to spend it. No. Uh, so I don't think we're having this conversation (laughs) this year. If it wasn't for Brooks Kepka winning the PGA championship, I think Mm -hmm. at that point, uh, both sides realize, all right, come on, we've got, Liv says we've got the best golfers in the world. PGA says we we kind of wish we still had those guys. So they came in and kind of cornered the PGA. So um, it's tough. It's tough because you mentioned the Saudis. We're not a political show, and we're not going to go down that road. But we all know uh, – the, the games will say that they play, uh, how they operate, uh, the things they'll fund will say, and it, it, it's not very conducive to how we operate in the, in the United States. Well, if you, if you also, if you also think about it, it's just not, it's not just that re- it's not just the Saudis. It's that entire region sure. that are very devoted to their, you know, the religious beliefs and everything like mm-hmm. that. Think of the World Cup. Yeah. Oh, World yeah. Cup goes, yeah, hey, no problem. You guys will be able to sell beer. You'll be able to do this. You'll be able to do this. Not so fast. Okay, no problem. <laughs> hey, sorry, guys. No beer in our country. <laughs> Screw you guys or whatever. So, but I mean, they're going to. If you're in a suite, 
we're gonna load you up. You know, if yeah, you yeah. Be, we got you covered. Yeah. yeah, because they're making because they'll make money off that, right? Right. right. You know, but and that's the thing you got to look at is like they're gonna do they're gonna do what they feel is right to them morally, not necessarily what traditionally we would uh, believe to be acceptable, right? Sure. And you know, it's kind of one of those things. It's either going to be one of the two things. It's either going to turn off a lot of people or people are still going to be like, you know what? I don't care. I like golf. Yeah. I just want to watch golf. Sure. Et cetera. Yeah. And so it, it remains to be seen, right? Yeah. Tim, do you see this? I'm not sure your, your, your fan level of, of golf. Um, we haven't had that conversation, but do you see this a situation where it's going to be good for golf or will there be some backlash uh, if, if this does come to fruition? I'm not a big golf fan, but it's got to be better to have all the players on the same tour instead of separating half the good guys over here and half the good guys in this league. I kind of feel bad for the guys like Rory and Tiger who didn't take all the big money to go. Not that Tiger needs $800 million, but $800 no. million is better than no. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I uh, I can't see it being bad. You get some backlash probably from, you know, certain people, but sure. I don't think it'll be that bad. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, uh, the old adage will come into play. You know, the more it goes, the more seasons come, people will just forget about it. You know, news cycles are usually two weeks. So I don't see it being something that's going to be drawn out. You're going to have your backlash. And I, I think the one thing that is shocking about this story, we won't cut too much more time into it, but these players didn't know about it. They found out via Twitter or text messages. So you got guys like Colin Morikawa, the PGA. I love finding, finding out morning news on Twitter. I mean, to me, that's that's kind of a slap in the face. To, to the guys that are out there, you know, representing your your brand in the PGA. Rich, do you think this is just kind of dirty pool by the PGA for not really letting the players know ahead of time that this is something that might be on the horizon? I don't necessarily. <clears throat> really, the, the, the players are, I guess, uh, you know, all they are, they're just players. It, I mean, if the NHL wanted to merge with the KHL, they have every right to, right? Yeah. It's not like it's not like it's a publicly traded company. It's not like it's owned by the players or anything like that. So, it, really, it was a business deal for the PGA executives. And, I mean, that's all you can really do, right? And the players are more or less it, – it's a it's an indiv individualized sport. So, it's they're like independent contractors, we'll see. Yeah. So – they're, they're going to go over the and the PGA is going to look out for the PGA. They're sure. not going to look out for how much money yeah. you know each guy's getting everything like that. All they're saying is like, look, we have an opportunity to make billions of dollars and do nothing. Yeah, and, and, and they they're like, did. like, do we take the billion dollars or do we say, you know what, we're going to stand by our convictions and say we don't agree with live? And said so they just sold them, they sold their souls to the devil, pretty much. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm sure I'm sure the boys down in Northville and West Bloomfield are upset about this news, huh? Uh, probably not. <laughs> I, I wouldn't assume so. <laughs> but uh, it'll be interesting to see it play out. Um, there are some lawsuits uh, being filed, and and there's some people that are 
unsure if this is actually going to happen, but personally, I think it will because like Richie said, money talks and uh, you can't really run away from uh, rumors of $650 billion. Um, but we'll see. Uh, this will be breaking uh, probably throughout the rest of the golf season. Look forward to season two of uh, Full Swing on Netflix when the cameramen were with some of the PGA guys as the news broke. So apparently they got some good footage on that. Uh, if you have not seen Full Swing on uh, Netflix, it is a must-watch documentary. Uh, gives you a different view of golfers. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's worth, worth checking out. Uh, to another sport that uh this easy speak rarely ever if ever covers for uh reasons uh we won't go lionel messi says no thanks to the aforementioned saudis who offered him 1.6 billion dollars to uh join one of their leagues uh he says yeah i'm out sorry comes to enter miami who Basically, is the uh, the Detroit Tigers of the MLS. Um, it's uh, David Beckham is ownership of wow. of this team, so he comes over to the MLS. This is this is probably the biggest name, uh, one of the biggest names, if not the biggest name in in uh, will will be proper football. Uh, now he's coming to MLS, which really it it has traction. I don't think it has a lot of traction. But um, I know, Rich, you wanted to talk about this particular topic. Uh, what does this mean for the MLS? Well, I can tell you right now, uh, it's huge for the MLS. And the reason why it is huge for the MLS is because Messi is the largest name in professional football, European football, soccer here in the United States, right? So what that means for them is a worldwide um, presence of viewers, potentially. They are going to come in and they're going to watch MLS soccer. So, you know, you look at Lionel Messi over the years. Lionel Messi has made about $1.5 billion over the course of his career. He's 35 years old. He doesn't need So money. he's made – yeah, so, I mean, so really like the $1.6 million, he's probably like – and that was over three years. Okay. Yeah. That was over three years. So, you know, it's still a shit ton of money, but from a guy who's, you know, well, his net worth, I think, even though he's made $1.5 billion, billion dollars, he, uh, <laughs> billion dollars, um, you know, his net worth is only like 600 million. You got to think tax, probably right. some of his, uh, business ventures are not good or anything like that. So, but with that being said, he's not just the first name out of the European soccer that has come over to play in the MLS. If you, if you remember uh, David Beckham, David Beckham uh, came over, David Beckham was really big in, um, uh, he was big into the English premier league. He played for Manchester United, I believe. Um, yeah, Man U. Uh, he came over. He made a, a pretty immediate impact with uh, um, with the MLS, with the LA Galaxy. Uh, he did get like some ownership ability in that, but um, you know when he played in LA, 
you know, he played 98 games. He only scored, he scored 18 goals, 32 assists. And he also led the galaxy to two MLS championships. So very successful for him. Another guy, Frank Lampard, he was from Chelsea, big name in English, English football. He came over, he played 29 games in MLS, scored 15 goals, four assists. Um, I got all these notes written down because I was so excited to talk about this. Uh, and then, you know, uh, you know, Wayne Rooney, Wayne Rooney was also uh, very big. He played it with uh, Man City, Man U uh, in the English Premier League. He came over, played for DC United. He had 32 goals, 13 assists, and only did that in 48 games. So I, th that level that comes in there, it does it. What it does is you get a player that comes in who performs that well. And, you, you know, English Premier League soccer uh, or anything over in Europe is just far superior than MLS. So when you have the opportunity to, to lock somebody in, to bring them in, they do produce. It doesn't matter how old they are, because, I mean, some of these guys that you got, they were well past their prime for Premier League or Liga or any of the other um you know, leagues throughout Europe, you bring them in here, they perform well, they get butts in the seats and everything like that, which is cool. But some of the details on, on Messi's contract that he's getting. So he, his contract will range anywhere between 125 million to 150 million. That's the range that they give. So it's the low end is, uh, you know, 125 and then one, uh, 150 on the higher side. He's, he's eligible for some salary bonuses, and I'm sure those are based off of performances. Uh, he gets an equity stake in the team. Um, so, I mean, he's like 35. I make a shit ton of money. And this, I don't need it from I don't need it from the Saudis. I'm setting this up for longer term. Um, they didn't say how many years it was going to be. And then he also, from what I've heard and read a little bit, was his Apple that Apple Plus – is the uh, provider for MLS soccer uh, games to be watched. So there's a right. yeah they potential, have the there's a potential that any new subscribers from a certain date going forward, he would get a percentage of the shares because obviously people who are Messi fans who want to see Messi, the only way they can see him is you have subscribe. to subscribe to Apple Plus yeah. in order Sorry. to see the MLS games. So he's so, gonna he's gonna be bringing in the traffic. Yes. You know, individually, you know, and then, you know, when you look at that, you know, and then uh, there's a couple other things. Adidas has got something in the works for him as well. But when you look at it, it's kind of like, yeah, he could have taken the one point six billion dollars and then over three years. Right. Yeah. Then you're you're locked in right. to the, that three years. But now he's no got. Yeah. Now, now he's got other business extras. Exactly. And he's like, all right, I'm getting to the. The, the point in my career where I'm up in age, you know, I might be only be able to do this for a couple more years. I'm going to go and, you know, kind of um, diversify myself a little bit. I'm going to go yeah. do that. I'm going to, I'm going to get a part stake in a team. Uh, maybe that's what he want. Maybe he wanted to do that right. at some point where he wanted to have maybe some ownership of a team. This afforded him the opportunity, mm -hmm. honestly, at no cost out of his pocket. And I did, I did read where he was wanting to get his family out of Europe specifically. Yeah. So this, since he was not going to get picked up by his old club, we'll call it, yeah. um, he wanted to leave Europe. So, and this was just kind of made a lot of sense. I know uh, tickets uh, started going through the roof. I was reading oh, yeah. stats on StubHub. They're 
they're like the third or fourth highest uh, ticket sales on StubHub, and 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 they have yet to print. Fanatics has the contract to, to do these the jerseys, and they have not started printing the jerseys until the contract is basically done. But they're expecting to have massive, massive oh. amounts of numbers coming in. And I think that's where he's going to get his Adidas money at is right. based off of Jersey sales, which mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I own a messy Jersey. Ooh. Is this, is this breaking news? Is this, no, it's not, bra- it's not breaking news. No. <laughs> well, I know uh, little Ryan, uh, your son uh, is a fan. Is a He does fan, have, but... he does have a messy Jersey as well. Yes, yeah. for sure. He's got a, uh, a messy kit for sure. But you know, when you when you look at it from the perspective, he's 35 years old. He's played. I mean, he's played at the you know the pinnacle of his career, and he's won he's won championships everywhere he's played at. Sure. Uh, sure. I mean, it's only fitting that he uh, you know he just got done winning the World Cup, right? So yeah. I mean, he's so I mean he's uh, he's done everything that he's he's, he's won at every level. Yes, and then for him to and for him maybe he go maybe when he comes here maybe he adds a uh, an MLS. Uh, trophy to the showcase and then you know when he does that he'd be like look anywhere i go and play in the world i I can win i can be successful so i'm Um, looking forward to it do you see any more world-class players maybe following suit within the next couple years and doing what he did or what he's going to do yeah i think you'll probably get some i don't know exactly who that might be right now because I don't follow the European soccer as much as I used to, but um, normally this prop kind of goes every couple of years where you, where you'll get somebody that uh, who's getting to the leg end of the career and. Yeah. Um, but has value, you know, has value in this. It, it definitely has value in the States. Uh, and that's the thing is, you know, over there is like those guys, I mean, for, for somebody like David Beckham, I think David Beckham played in there until he was like 32, 35 range. Wayne Rooney the same way. I mean, those guys to play at that level mm-hmm. at that age in those in those leagues. I mean, those leagues, I mean, you know, it's funny, like, you know, I joke with a guy at work, he's really big into the Italian league. He's a big Inter Milan fan and everything like that. And I always tell him, I said, anytime you watch one of those, I said, the team mostly spends most time on the ground grabbing their shins. You know, I, I always joke with him and tell him the, the Italian league is a bunch of sissies. But, you know, but when, but when you look at it, I mean, those guys, um, they're, they're very well, um, they're very well trained. Um, and they also, they train well in order to uh, perform at a high level. Yeah, I mean it's it's I I I'm not a fan as we stated earlier. Uh, I yeah. did I did watch some of the World Cup and man those guys are just I mean they're running all over the field and 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 they do a lot of running for not a lot of scoring. So um I guess I think I know the answer to this question. I I know you're going to pay more attention. Will the average not so much soccer fan maybe tune in a little bit more now that there's a, a, a bonafide superstar going to be in the league. Well, if you, th- I mean, you sit and think about it. I probably won't pay much too much attention to MLS. I'm more, I'll still watch. Uh, I still watch premier league. 
uh, for the most part. Premier. Uh, when, when I when I can watch it, I mean, you I, you know who's a good person to talk to soccer about? Momo. Exactly. And who was not on the lake today because of soccer? Yep. Yep. It's there was a game. Momo. There was a uh, there was a uh, there was a game on today on on the Paramount Plus. It is last it was, game, last game of season. I have to it watch. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, yeah. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was at three o'clock. Yeah. yeah but you shout know, out to Momo. Shout out to Momo. But here's the thing: is uh, you know it. One thing you have to realize is everybody's like, okay, uh, you know, NFL is the largest, is the largest or is the most followed sport. It's not. Soccer right. is actually the right. most followed sport in the world just it's because. But, and the thing is with that is, is it's anybody can play. All you need is a ball and grass or ball in a field or ball in flat ground, right? Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, that's why you see that's, that. That's a good point. And, you know, a lot, you know, these, some of these guys that, end up being really great or even the ones that are before my time and your time were great. They didn't go to these schools or these camps mm-hmm. or, in, or play in these, in these top tier leagues or whatever they played on a dirt patch, Yeah, you know? And uh, so I, I think, I think there's the casual fan. You might get a couple more casual fans that watch it, but I think by having Messi over in the MLS in in Miami, you are definitely going to get more eyes worldwide on the sport on the on the sport on MLS. We'll say, yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of where I was going with with that. I think it puts them on the map a little more so now than they were, uh, say, a year ago. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. You know uh, what it does. Will that team benefit? I think they will. Like I said, they're the uh, the Detroit. Tigers currently of the MLS, but I think that's going to change. So uh, good talk, uh, Rich. I have to admit, I did not know you were that first in soccer. Uh, that That's that's uh, a shock to me. That was That's worth the breaking news tab, but we won't do it because we're going to move on to our next topic, our next segment that we're, we're I know we're all pretty proud of and we're looking forward to seeing what, what this does. It's the misunderstood segment uh, focusing on men's mental health and just basic, you know, issues that that men deal with on a daily basis, whether it's, you know, relationship, whether it's work issues, it's, you know, whether, you know, they feel like they're there's no nowhere to turn for help. Um, That's not the case. And we're here to help. And today we're going to talk about parenting struggles from a biological standpoint and a stepfather standpoint like myself, Tim over on the other side has got both angles here. So we're going to ask him some questions about that. But we basically parenting today presents many challenges and um, you know, it's not easy. And, 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 and I'll get into my, my story here soon, but uh, JP, we're going to start with you since you're the newest father on the panel. Uh, what challenges have yeah. you faced? I know Ensley's uh, almost five weeks old now. What uh, challenges have yeah, you faced with, with being a parent? I know you work midnights. That's a struggle. That's difficult. Yeah. So being uh, you, you spent the first two weeks of her life right there with her. What are the challenges? Yeah. How is How has it been kind of working yourself back into the working field now that you're a dad? Well, obviously, uh, 
life's pretty was pretty busy before and then you you put a child into the mix that needs your full care 24 7 and uh it can be a little overwhelming at times trying to balance everything out and then making time also while having to sleep and work and you know what i mean chores and other miscellaneous things so it's it's definitely rough and it uh it worked it kind of works you a little bit and i i probably don't sleep as much as i used to um i don't feel bad for myself because uh she's probably sleeping less than i am so yeah uh yeah it's 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 a lot it's a it's a mental gymnastic i would say for sure um it'll probably pay off when she starts to get a little bit bigger but at the same time trying to cherish all these moments right now i so i guess my next question is you know you were there obviously when she was born two weeks with her and then yeah. you go back to work like were you dealing with some stuff internally uh not not having her i know we had a conversation uh, of when yeah. you were about to go back like you you didn't know how you were going to handle it how has it been with that separation you know you, you, you worked 10 hours a day you figure there's 12 yeah. hours a day basically that you're not around her how has that been that's rough i mean uh we have an owlette system hooked up in her bassinet so she normally lets me know when she puts her to bed so i can at least see her you know what i mean i can pull my phone out and look at her uh but you know you try to make the most of the weekends before work yeah after work i mean like i said i'm waking up a little bit earlier now i'm staying up i usually go and get her as soon as i get home so hmm. uh it's been like I said, it's raw. It's it's physically taxing, but yeah, it's worth it's it. It's worth it. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I never got to experience that. I, if if everybody knows, I I am a stepfather, yeah. but I I never got to experience it. What it was like to have children of my own. I'll, I will say one thing though, man, is I don't really. I'm not a panicker, and I I can handle pretty much almost any situation. Uh, I kind of underestimated the realness of it going mm. into it. I was like, ah, it'll, it's it's a pretty real situation. I think Rich and uh, Tim can attest to yeah. raising newborn children. How it's uh, there's definitely no uh, directions or no <laughs> you don't have that a, comes with it. You don't have a Joe Laura manual. <laughs> no, they're all they're all different. You know what I mean? Yeah, true, true. Um, Rich Ryan is thirteen now. In, yeah, in, Ryan just turned 13. Jacob is almost 16. He's going to be driving, so watch out, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Watch out. Um, stay off stay the sidewalks. But similar background, steel industry. You did work <clears throat> midnights for many years when the, when your sons were, were, were young. How did you handle that separation? And then the, the time differences where the sleep, work-life balance. Like, What were some of the things that you did uh, – as they were growing up well the the first uh i want to say the first 12 weeks uh three months yeah i think whatever three yeah three months um i what really was uh tough was um you know not being there to help out you know in the middle you know the middle of the night you know you got to get up um and then the transitioning part from when, you know, she had gone back to work and then we were trying to juggle between her going to work and then I was working midnight at the time. So we were fortunate enough to have a lot of help with the, 
the care aspect of it where, um, you know, my, uh, my in-laws at the time were great. I mean, they would, they would take them. We would drop, Kelly would drop them off in the morning. Uh, she'd bring them back stuff like that on the, uh, days that, uh, um, the, the days that I would have to come home and go to sleep, but then they, um, and then the days that I were off, cause my days rotated off during the week. So I might be off like a, like a Tuesday, like a Tuesday uh, night, Wednesday night, Thursday night or something like that. And then just staying up that day and staying up all day and taking care of them and stuff like that. I tell you right now, the bassinet swing was probably the best invention. Whoever made that invention, um, they yeah. should be kissed. It should be kissed and hugged and everything else like that. Maybe given a Nobel Peace Prize because uh, that affords right. you a little bit of that affords you a little bit of sanity to get a couple, you know, two hour napping uh, in the mornings before you really, you know, shove off to do stuff. So, yeah. but then with Ryan, uh, Ryan, I was on day shift, and um, you know, we had again, we had awesome help and care and everything yeah. like that. I was on a Monday through Friday schedule, so. Uh, we're very fortunate with that. So, and, but like like JP said, there is no instruction manual. Right, you're you're no. kind of on the on the. <laughs> there line. is, and it's it's you know what it is. Yeah. And I'll be honest, and uh, you know Tim will probably agree with me. JP agree with me. It's instinct is what it is. It's all you're going all based off of instinct. Yeah. You might not know what the hell you're doing. You watched your parents yeah. raise you growing up, and you kind of take take a little bit from. Out. You take a little bit from what. Yeah what you saw growing up, how they handled things and you kind of make it mm -hmm. your own. So that, well, that definitely I call it, uh, I call it parental troubleshooting because when they start <laughs> crying, all right, do they need the pacifier? Are they hungry? Yeah. That, Is that's their diaper what? That's, you're like, you take you're, looking at, you're looking at your watch. You're like, yeah, it's time to eat. Right, or then, bad. or then you're, you got that, uh, you got that, you got that nose, yeah. your nose is so much better. Now you're like, so yeah, you guys balanced. might think we're crazy. So since she was born, we have a journal with literally every pee, every poop, every time she's eaten, what time she's taking her vitamin D drops. Literally everything gets written down just for like a note so we remember. Well, it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. Tim, I'm going to come to you. Um, you you told me before uh, we went on air that you're, you're a biological and a stepfather. Yes. Tell me some of the challenges that 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 you face with um, having a stepchild and the biological. Do, do you run into situations where um, one feels more um, needs more attention than the other, or, or is it is it a situation where they get along real well? My uh, my daughter will be fourteen at the end of this month, so it's not really too big of an oh. issue, and they get along. You know, she can under, understand she's babysit sometimes and all that. Our, uh, my stepson, he'll be six. His real father's not in the picture, so I'm kind of his dad, oh, okay. so to speak. But, you know, to me, it's still like I don't want to overstep certain boundaries being the step-parent. Sure. But, hey, yeah, they get along pretty well. It's fairly easy. Our uh, six-year-old's a party animal, so he doesn't like staying up all night. So that sucks <laughs> waking up at 5 a.m., but <laughs> like four night. So I guess that leads into my next question. Um you you mentioned that the father's not around so right. you're you're the the primary we'll say right how does your stepdaughter stepson stepson i'm step sorry son. i'm sorry how does your stepson look at you does he look at you as his father or does he still um 
kind of because this will lead into what I'm going to say, how how I kind of deal with things being a stepdad. So he calls me dad and I'm okay with that. I That's came awesome. In, I came into his life when he was at two. And okay. With his mom, we actually dated like in 2013. We took a break. You know, she went her way. She had a kid. I went my way. I got in a little bit of trouble, whatever. I'm not going to talk about all that. <laughs> <laughs> so that, when COVID hit, we actually started talking again and we got back together. And I you know. So like me and her already had our relationship established and uh, established and built. It was kind of just filling and be the dad. And That's awesome. That's really cool. You know, uh, in my situation, I have two stepdaughters. Their father is in the picture, but uh, Rich can attest. It's a challenge. It's a challenge in a sense that uh, he likes to play mind games with the girls. The girls basically grew up watching them, watching him kind of destroy their mom for the first several years of their life. Matter of fact, the oldest, the first thing um, she told me when I met her was um, my dad abuses my mom. And wow. hearing that right out the chute, let me know that this is going to be um, a tough road because uh, there's already some things. There's already some patterns that has been established. So I knew going in that it was going to be be a tough um, my wife's ex-husband similar to my ex-wife so i kind of played that game i knew where he was coming from but when you're talking about kids you're talking about a brain that's not developed yet and when you're talking about a guy that's kind of playing into that it's tough so the transition days when they come over there's always a test what can i get away with and it never fails rich again rich knows all too well um, they try, but we have a different kind of a parenting system that they're not used to seeing. They're not used to seeing, seeing a family dynamic. They're not used to seeing their mom and, um, somebody being in, you know, a loving relationship. They're not used to seeing, uh, uh love and affection being displayed. So that is different. And and up until recent times, they always thought that that was weird because they it's a revolving door for their father. Um, he's at a baker's dozen right now of women that he's introduced his daughters to. And I think that's horrendous. I think that's bad uh, parenting because it, it sets a bad example. They're definitely at an age where they see what their dad really is. And um, they come to us. They kind of vomit a lot of things on us. And. I guess the the number one rule is to never never you know say anything negative towards their dad. You you take in the information information that they give you, and 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 we do the best we can to try and teach them that maybe that's not the best thing to do, and some things that he has he has said to his daughters are are not proper. So there's a lot of times that uh, our visits with them are we're building them back up because they come to us and they're just beat down. To the ground so it is tough it's really tough and it, it's 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 a struggle when you have to take them back knowing that you just spent three four days building them up um we tell the oldest one build your armor because he's it, it's just it's a whole nother podcast that we can get into but she's 14 years old and, and and she's questioning you know what she wants to do who she is so she's at that age and 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 he is not about it he thinks she should be a certain way and 
she's very very thick skinned and she's very determined to be who she wants to be and i'm proud of her for that so but it makes for a, for a difficult uh transition period um rich your sons are are at that age they both have phones social media is a big distraction and i and i think we all know that these kids these days are faced with more information than we we ever were so it's hard to relate how do you as a dad with you know co-parenting with your ex-wife how do you kind of limit what they can see on their phones and 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 do you kind of watch from afar what they do so uh yeah both of my boys have phones um my soon-to-be 16 year old son just got instagram we just allowed him to get instagram and the reason why we did it and he asked and it was for we felt it was logical reason there's somebody who takes photos for um for his baseball team for his high school baseball team and he posts them all on instagram that's fine yeah you know that was one thing um we did let him have snapchat at one time then he lost his snapchat privileges for a little while uh we've allowed it back on but there was definitely some um you know there was definitely some stuff going on that we needed to make sure that he understood that it wasn't it wasn't proper it wasn't right um but you know one of the things is when it comes to that is my my their mother and i are on the same page when it comes to just about everything when it involves the kids it's you know we do things for them to protect them but then we also do allow them a little bit of freedom but then they they know that if they overstep the boundaries on the freedom that um it, it can quickly go away um but I, you know i'm very fortunate enough to where i have uh, an unbelievable you know co-parenting uh, yeah. partner with me uh through this and uh it's all about making sure that we do everything that is right for them and that's it that's awesome and and, and i rich was reading the agenda apparently because that was my next question um or i guess statement we'll say um, i wasn't reading it <laughs> oh he has a very rare situation where his ex-wife um, and him are, are very close. They, they have a lot of understanding. Their, their respect level for one another is, is outstanding. And I, and I could only wish that that was the situation that we were in. Um, but it, it's a rarity and it's awesome to see when the two parents can kind of put aside whatever, but the focus is on the kids because the kids are the ones that are going to benefit the most. And, and that's one thing that that we have to figure out as as you know stepdad mom um him on the other side like what is this going to do what's the effect of all this negative negativity that they're faced with how is that going to affect them down the road so it's a um you know and i'll, I'll kind of repeat what jp said uh, you know, there's no manual you know you just i don't know i'm doing this on the fly so um each day, each visit's a little bit different and it's a learning experience. And I just try to be the best I can to be to build them up. Um, but JP, I guess uh, we're going to close this out and I'll go around table. JP, what obviously ends at least five weeks. We're a long ways away from technology and this and that. What is your biggest fear as a father? 
Well, I think my biggest fear is just, you know, the affairs and what's going on in the world today, you know. I think uh, having kids has kind of had my internal clock start. You know, you think about how old you are when they're born and how old right. you're going to be when they graduate. And you start wondering if you're ever going to meet grandkids and all that stuff. So I, and the biggest fear ultimately would probably be having to leave this world and uh, leave your child behind mm. to have to fend in this crazy world by themselves. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's powerful. Yeah. And that's powerful. You want to be their voice. You want to be their light moving forward right. and, and and if you're not there gosh man that you don't even want to think about that that's awesome jp um tim you got a 14 year old daughter she's um she's basically right at that age she these kids are wiser than we were at our, when we were younger um what's your biggest fear i guess um as a dad that's like you said she's 14 you have a six-year-old stepson uh, what are some of the fears that you have like Rich said, it's kind of like you got to try to give them some freedom with social media, but at the same time, you got to keep them off certain things. Like, she has a YouTube channel, she has 20,000 followers. Oh, wow, a lot. And to me, like, I know half of those are probably creeps in the world, sure. Which, which, which presents a whole nother challenge, yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to take away from her because she's having fun and she's doing nothing wrong. right. So, it's just like another thing I have to babysit and monitor. And then, just like JP said, world affairs, what's going on in the world. I set my kids up for success when I'm not around. Yeah, that's um, that's true. You know, and and I look at it the same situation where if if my wife and myself aren't around, you know, this is what my stepdaughters are are faced with, and and I couldn't imagine having to deal with that when he's the primary. It's oh, it's bad enough the the, the way the situation is. So, but that that's that's good, you know. And looking at the fine line between wanting to give your kids access. You want them to be able to feel like they have some privileges, but that comes at a cost. So knowing to balance when to say the right thing and how to say the right thing, that that's tough. So um, great advice, guys. Uh, again, this is, a, this is a segment that, I think we've talked about before it's it's just important and and we're going to hit on other topics you know with other shows here in the future that just hit on struggles that men face you know i don't think men um are equipped or given the 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 right tools to know what to say or know how to handle such situations they they kind of shell up and um you know we want to hopefully help somebody down the road that might be struggling with that. I think, I think that's important. And um, I'm going to bring Rich back in here for a final question. He had to step away. Um, and, and same question as the other guys, what's your fear as a dad with, with sons that are, you know, they're like right around the corner. They're going to be going to college. Sorry. I was on mute. Um, no, the only thing I worry about is, you know, it's not that I'm worried about them making the right decision. I'm just worried about everything that goes on around. Right. Um, you know, you as a as a parent, and I'm sure Tim can probably like, kind of he touched on it or whatever. You kind of want to 
you know, allow your kids a little bit of the freedom, right? Remember as a kid, I remember, I remember my, you know, me growing up, JP was probably the same way, Tom and Tim, you were probably still the same way. When you were a kid in the summertime, you'd leave in the morning on your bike, you come home when the streetlights were on, your parents didn't give a shit where you were at, what you were doing, as long as they knew that you were back home mm -hmm. at that time. Times have changed, you know, you can't really, you can't really do that anymore. Did we have creeps back then? Sure did. Now, the way social media is now yeah. and the way they don't have to leave out. their house to be creepy. Yeah. Well, not only that though, but I mean, it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's more mainstream now than it was before. Yeah. Um, but you know, I could say is, you know, you gotta, you gotta protect your kids, uh, you know, to a certain point, but then you also have to work on from when they're, when they're young up until the age that they are now uh, to make, make the right choices. Right. You mm -hmm. know, um, I think now nowadays when you see uh, some kids, um, you know, parents really don't parent kids. Um, and I think that that plays a huge role in that is, you know, hey, I can be your friend. It's not just the phone, Tom. Yeah. Relax. I'm going to take your phone away. But it's not like <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's not, uh, you know, it's not a phone. It's not this. Um, but it's you you have to just find a, a medium right you got to find a medium and you have to entrust a little bit of trust in your kids to make the right decisions and you can be their friend but you also have to be your their parent as well yeah so yeah i think some i think sometimes you get people who try to you know be friends with their kids and want their kids to be part of the cool crowd right. or the, you know you want them to uh, you know do this or do that i mean i see people all the time now like you know, uh, you know, kids are, you know, Tim's going to face this reality in two years when he's going to have a daughter that's going to be driving. You're going to see her friends, parents going out and, you know, buying them a $40,000 car. Listen, that ain't happening. Mm -mm. Show me you can take care of this $1,500 car. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, up. you know, make sure. Well, just show me that you're responsible to take care of this and then we'll talk about something else. You know, so. cars outside in the driveway right now and I'll get a new car. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean. Uh, and, you know, and, you know, and that's one of the things is, uh, you know, I've, I talked to my son, I'm like, Hey, this is what you're getting for your first car. He goes, as long as it gets me to basketball practice or not basketball, baseball practice in school. He's like, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it is. Yeah. So, sure. what, what's he getting? Uh, a 2023, uh, Bronco four door. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, Big body. no, no, he, no, he's getting a 2012 Ford escape. Nice. Hey, That's not wrong with that. And just to clarify, I, I, the phone thing was, I think a lot of parents you see just giving them the phone and being like, just bug off. And I, I, I see that happening a lot, but um, again, great advice for, for, you know, new dads, established dads, stepdads. Um, anybody yeah. has any advice, anybody needs help with anything, please. Don't hesitate. Reach out to us. We're here. We're responsive, and uh, we'll do our best to answer any questions you might have, and or steer you in the right direction that that you might need if you need help. So, just be careful. Tom might make a TikTok out of it. I will not do that. Uh, or I, I, I have uh, boundaries that I follow. So, <laughs> moving on to well, let's just face it. It's one of our funnest, most exciting segments. Thank you.
That's right. It's uh, ain't my money, not my problem, where we give you a bet. You hit the app. Who knows if you hit, make some money, throw a little bit our way. We're going to start with our guest tonight, Mr. So, M. I'm going to take the Buckeyes to win the next, <laughs> year. Hey. next, next four national championships. Here, come, here hey, comes the futures bet. <laughs> hey, right. Tim. Uh, it ain't Jackson Smith Ojigba is going to be. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, you two. That that's enough. It, it ain't your money, so it's not your problem. What you got this week? I have a parlay on the UFC bet tonight with Oliveira and Nunez both winning at plus one ninety four. I think Oliveira is going to prove he deserves another shot for the lightweight title, and Nunez is just the baddest bitch on the planet. <laughs> there you it's go. Okay. Part of Let's go for JP. I do have one actually. Give me Jameer Gibbs as NFL Offensive Player of the Year at plus twelve thousand. Oh wow! Oh. Damn. All the talk coming out of camp, he just seems like he's Alvin Kamara. So you might get lucky. You might hit it. All right. What's this guy's name? Maybe we should plus all throw in on that. Jameer Gibbs. Well, twelve thousand. Twelve thousand five hundred for NFL Offensive. Wow, that's crazy. So, well, look, I think as a group here. I think as a group here, we can work up a hundred bucks. Let's do twenty-five I mean, on it. For a guy coming into an offensive system that's Not just running back designed <laughs> for him, that's pretty. Uh, it's not ooh, my money. That look at Tim. Tim's <laughs> yeah. already on board with it. Uh, JP, yeah. it ain't your money. It's not my problem. There you go. What All you right, got I'm gonna go to. Uh, Game five in the NBA Finals uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Denver minus nine, which they've covered in the three wins so far. And I take the under 208 for plus 233. Also, in the three Denver wins, all games have went under 208. Uh, Miami's kind of had a hard time scoring. Mm. Yeah, that was uh, – it was bad yesterday. You, I mean, it was bad game three, but yeah, they just – they came out flat. And I don't I think it's time to close. Yeah, I, th I think it'll be done tomorrow night. I think it's yeah. over with uh, goes back to Denver. It's yeah. I mean, you got you got Jokic just playing out of his mind. And yeah, um, so that's a pretty safe bet. Uh, Rich, it's not your money. <clears throat> Monday night, 830 tip off. I got uh I got the money line. I got Miami taking it at a plus three, uh, three twenty. Wow! They got to make this interesting. Come on now. Jeez. We got a stretch. He's trying to make money here, folks. That uh, throw a couple bucks down, maybe win a couple bucks. So, um, yeah. I don't think I don't think Miami's gonna you know lay down. I, I, I think they they're gonna give them. Maybe a quarter of hell, but I don't see any more than that. Um, my pick this week, or did you have another one, Rich? Or is that, that it? Okay, no, that's it. Uh, my right, pick here we this go. Week, NASCAR. There you go, buddy. You got it. Oh, god, y'all like NASCAR? Uh, you, ever, you ever watch NASCAR? It's kind of like drinking a fine wine. Um, shout out to uh, Andy. Left turn. Yeah, left turn, Clyde. Left turn, Clyde. Yep, yep. 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 
well, go Clyde, fast, you, make a left. Clyde would be in the back seat shedding all over the place. <laughs> Hair getting in my eye. I wouldn't be able to see. I'd turn right into the wall. But um, there you go. I'm going with uh, the race tomorrow is in Sonoma. So it's, it's a road race. And who won the original road race this year? None other than Tyler Reddick. I think he's going to do it again. Plus 400. Give me Tyler Reddick wow. to win in Sonoma. The road road. Um, I'm going to follow up with you on that next week because that's, once again, another sport that I don't watch. So Yeah, yeah well, uh, I have been fairly decent in, in what knowledge I have, and I don't have a lot, but I'm, I'm working my way to it. So, yeah. Moving on to our final segment of the day. We kind of clear the air, get anything off your chest. Rich, which closing thoughts for this evening? Um, I really don't have anything this week just because i've had a shitty week at work uh, jp and i were texting earlier this week i think it was tuesday morning or something like that yeah i got stuck at work but those who work I, you know what those who work in in any type of heavy industry make sure that you um wear your personal protective equipment and don't get hurt in the middle of the night please mm-hmm. safe guys be from not getting any sleep Oof. Yeah. oh that's why you told me you had a long night yeah. Well, yeah, you want to call one. again? <clears throat> I'm off call right now, so. Oh, but okay. this week, yeah, so so I got called in, and it was something that was very avoidable. And, and it usually is. Yeah. It's yeah, just it something is. small. So if you work in industry, if you ever have any, uh, if if you ever run into a situation, just stop what you're doing and yeah, do the right thing. Yeah. Uh, JP, I, I would normally. I would normally, that goes for everything. I, I would yeah. normally go to you, but. Our uh, our guest here just happened to show me something um, for you, related to what you're saying. <laughs> I cut my finger off in Tool and Die about four years ago. He's it, folks. He's not flipping oh, off the screen. Yeah. He's showing you his uh, the nub. <laughs> oh wow! He's got a little stubby there. Yep. Um, that probably comes. That probably comes in handy for some other things, right? <laughs> well, very good. Hey, that that'll be on another <laughs> another segment of misunderstood. Uh, Tim, while I got you on the screen, um, you got anything you know you want to close out the show with? Uh, just as you were touching on earlier with the whole men in society, if anyone has any questions or issues, just reach out to us. We're here to help. Most of us have knowledge with you know fourteen year olds down to JP having a five week old. We're here to help you guys. We're here to any, just an ear to listen to, shoulder to lean on. Yeah, that's that's well said, JP. What's your closing thoughts? Yeah. So uh, I was watching the Tigers today, and I was thinking about the sad state of affairs for Detroit sports. So uh, I have a little bit of buildup, and then I have a statement, and I want to know if you guys agree with me. So the Detroit Lions, no playoffs since 2016. Pistons, no playoffs since 2019. Wings, 2016. And Tigers, 2014. So... With that being said, there's a lot of uh, buzz going on right now in Allen Park, and I kind of got to thinking that this was probably the most important and anticipated pro sports season that I can remember in my lifetime, Mm. that we have to have somebody win. And I was wondering if you guys agreed with that. 100%. I agree so much. I bought season tickets. (laughs) (laughs) Hundred. 100% 100% I agree with that. Uh, my fear no. my fear is the hype train is a little too 
hot right now and they yeah. kind of get a little overinflated, but that's just the, the wishful thinking fan in me. Yeah. I think we all need it. Like we need oxygen. Yeah. Especially after what eight straight loss of the tigers, yet another shout out. Yeah. Oh, it's just, yeah, just getting bad. It's getting bad. Um, yeah. My closing thoughts is uh, if, if everyone doesn't know, they, they, they've been under a rock for the last, I don't know, a couple of days. Taylor Swift is in town this weekend. You want to talk about a hype train. You want to talk about madness and chaos. People Dude, I'm surprised you're not there. Well, um, the, the better half was was trying to get tickets, but um, not a Swifty. But I, being able to be like experience that would be pretty cool. But um, yeah, um, it it it's just crazy. And I think the craziest aspect of it is what people were asking on the secondary market for tickets, up to six thousand uh, dollars for one ticket to to stand or sit on the floor for a, a three and a half hour concert. It's just crazy. Um, you know, she's a hell of an entertainer and I don't think for a second that it would be worth, I don't know, 75 bucks to, to go see her, but, um, yeah, it's just wild. Downtown was, was madness parking lots. I heard we're charging up to $200 for parking and you know, you got tiger games going. So what happens? You're driving down to see that piss poor baseball team and you go to park and you got to pay $200. You're like, I'm out. We're leaving. I'm getting out of here, but um, it's crazy. And, and, and seeing, you know, Matt Reif, the comedian, his tickets went on sale craziness. Now they're blowing up. I think Ticketmaster is just kind of, it's out of control and I don't know how you fix yeah. it. I don't know how you fix the fees. Um, and I'm surprised that these, these huge artists don't kind of put their foot down and, and, and demand change when it comes to that. Cause it, these, these girls, these kids are paying thousands of dollars to see a show. It's just, it's just nonsense, but um, I'm going to jump off my soapbox there, but um, yeah, I, we tried to go, it would have been awesome, but um, not so much. I'm not paying more than hundred dollars for a ticket. So, but anyways, great show tonight, yeah. guys. Think about all the, uh, think about how much money you've spent on seven dust tickets. Oh, th those tickets are cheap though, JP. That that's one of the beauties. That's one of the beauties of uh my boys from Marietta, Georgia. They they don't blow up their ticket prices. They're very reasonable. And it's I because will, it's because they blow. That's why they don't blow their ticket prices up. You you have no you, idea, Rich. Uh, what are you about? You're about 10k in, 20k probably. maybe. Well, I've seen them about 125 times. So um, that's how the Swifties feel. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe, but I'm not paying thousands uh for one ticket though. Twelve hundred to get in. <laughs> True. So, yeah. but again guys thanks so much uh great show tonight um you know thanks great, tim for coming on yep no, thank no you problem. tim uh, for adding your your uh buckeye knowledge and we'll uh, definitely have you on again to talk that and and you have a story that that our our viewers and our listeners are going to want to hear um that falls into the misunderstood segment category so look for that in the incoming weeks and um Next week, we'll hit on the NBA and the NHL finals. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing that uh, as JP shines the shocker in my face, uh, I'm guessing they'll both be wrapped up by then. So we'll hit on that. Obviously, there's news always coming out of Allen Park. So look for that. Uh, probably next Sunday. This was a, uh, a rare Saturday night in the speakeasy. But again, thanks, everybody, for watching. 
we look forward to seeing y'all right back here next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Easy Speak at Speakeasy 330. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can also catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to catching you right back here next week for another fun-filled episode of Easy Speak at Speakeasy 3.30.